Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Busy, busy sports weekend and a busy show coming your way. Let me adjust my camera a little bit. I'm Michael Borky. When I started here, that wasn't a thing, but you got to evolve with the times. He's Brian Haydad. Great to be with you. Richard's off today. What game is he calling this weekend? I don't know. He's off today, though. I actually don't know, yeah. I feel like we should know that. I know that it's not Mississippi State Vanderbilt, so. It is not Mississippi State Vanderbilt. And Ole Miss is at home, so it's obviously not no, that. Or he would I thought be. they were in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, they were at home. Okay, well then, that could be it. I guess we could text him. Fit, we fit. could find out if we really wanted to know. We could, because he did text me earlier, and I didn't respond, so I'm going to hear about that later. Oh. He hates when I don't respond. <laughs> he texts me and I never respond to him. And it's not him, it's just like, if it's something that like is a conclusive statement, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to talk to him at three, so it's like, you know, I, I don't respond to him. And it drives him nuts because he responds to everything. It's a, it's a personality quirk on, on my end. It's not like I'm spiting him. It's just if he says, hey, this is happening on the show today, I, I make note of it, but I don't respond because it's like, I'll see you at three when that thing happens on the show today. Like, all good. Earlier... He thought there was a chance that he may join us for a little bit, and and he said he won't. And that's he was texting me just, hey, you know, not gonna, not gonna join today. Have a good show, enjoy your weekend. And I just I took note of that. Okay, no Richard today. So you you could have you could have chimed in there with like, hey, thanks, you have a good weekend too. Yeah, but that's do I what, want that, him to that, have that a good been... weekend? See, that's my internal dilemma. Is do it. Don't want to lie to you. Guy. Want him to have a good weekend. <laughs> Uh, It is great to be with you. Ole Miss is currently playing right now, so if you are listening to us on an alternative option, we appreciate you. Ole Miss baseball covering up a lot of our stations today. Not all, but a lot of them. Uh, They're playing Maryland right now. Savicool is, uh, I believe, the pitcher's name, right, for Maryland. The guy that shut them down, for the most part, last Friday, is pitching against them again. It's bottom one. Maryland is the home team, and uh, no... No score. And they're playing inside of a dome, so no no tarp gate. That That's not a thing in Minneapolis. 
Although, again, I, I see people like trying to make a thing out of the field setup. It's it's different, but if you go to Vanderbilt, you play on an all-turf field. You do. The field is all-turf. If you go to Mississippi State, down the right field line, it kind of bows in a little bit on the short porch because they built the plaza there. If you go to Auburn, there's a green monster in left. Big, big wall mm-hmm. that you got to hit the ball over, and it, it's short. And if you don't, well, guess what? You double off the wall or triple off the wall if you've got speed. These are all true things. When you go to Missouri, you have half and half for some stupid reason. Half the field is turf. And then once you get just past the the quote-unquote dirt, it's grass. I, I don't understand why this field is a point of contention for some people. Oh, this setup's terrible. It's an all-turf field. You play on those. Oh, well, it's really short down right field. Yeah, they built a... There's a big wall, so a 300-foot hit well, is, is not going to be a home run. Stadium. And it's a football stadium. Well, That's the main concern here. You had to turn a football stadium that was built exclusively for football. This is not like Three Rivers or Riverfront Stadium used to be, where you could play baseball there. This is a football stadium that they've converted into a baseball stadium yeah. for this weekend. And the dimensions it, it, are what fine. What did you expect? And the, the field is turf, and, and the dugouts are, like, temporary things, but they work, and the, the kids get... Half of Major League Baseball used to play on turf. Yeah. The Phillies, the Reds, the, the Pirates, they all played on turf back in the day. And, and all the players on the team, forever, until... You know they tear the stadium down and build a new one with taxpayer money. That when when they watch the NFL on Sunday, hey, I hit a home run right there. I struck a guy out right there on the fifty. You know, it's a yeah. cool experience for these guys. The 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 setting. I, I have a friend that uh, does media up there, and he's at the game just as a, a viewer. Just you know, they're they're nearby, so he went. And the picture he took from the stands is awesome. It's like it's the Viking Stadium, and he's about to watch. His Rebs play baseball. I don't understand it. That's going on right now, though. Uh, we'll talk about that. We got Mississippi State. They have three games against three different teams. A high-level lefty today. The reigning run- national runner-up, if that's a reigning thing, tomorrow. And then a Cal team that is off to a super hot start on Sunday. Southern Miss is a very important series with Dallas Baptist. If they want to get back into the hosting conversation, this weekend has got to go well for uh, for yeah. Southern Miss. I know it's Big early. bounce back weekend it, for Southern. It's March, yeah. and you don't talk no, about hosting in March, but Now you do. we're starting to get into it. You, you only have so many of these games, especially you know for a team like Southern, where your, your conference RPI is going to be good, but it's not going to be great. It's not going to drag you into the top 20 or anything like that. Whereas Mississippi State and Ole Miss playing in the SEC, it's going to their RPI gets boosted a lot more by conference play than USM's does. USM needs to win non-conference games. They needed to win Tuesday night, and yeah. they need to win games this weekend. And on top of that, they just need to win just to get some confidence back and to, and to show that they they are in fact bouncing back. Because what's happened to their pitching staff is just incredible. Over, I don't think I don't know if I've said this on the show yet, but. Southern's first four games of the season, they gave up three runs. Southern's last four games, they've given up 45 runs. 
Wow. You're not going to beat anybody. You're not going to beat anybody doing that. So Southern has got to get a lot figured out this weekend. I feel like they can, and especially playing at home. They should have good crowds to, to support them. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Scott Barry's teams and Coach Oz, they, they tend to have – the, the pitching situation's figured out. like, And I kind of expect... Scott Barry on Monday kind of felt like w- listening to him without putting words in his mouth, although I'm going to do that. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we're good. Like he, he felt very... After a series loss, he was just kind of like, I'm pitching young guys right now. We're good. So hopefully that vibe yeah. is going to the team. Also got basketball to talk about. Some significant injury news impacting Mississippi State's game, it is not a Mississippi State player. So don't worry. Don't uh I'm not I'm not gonna tease a state player's injury on this show or Ole Miss or Southern Miss right. for that matter. That's that's not something that we're gonna do. But some injury news impacting state uh, in their quest to make the NCAA tournament tomorrow. Also XFL? No. Okay. We'll start with we'll stop with baseball. And basketball. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. 601-879-4395. If you want to talk some football, we can talk NFL uh, Combine because uh, Emmanuel Forbes has had a very interesting day there. Yeah, we've got that uh, to get to as well. Nick Saban is complaining again. I'm moving up the college football fix an hour because we got some, some new news, if you will. One, Nick Saban revealed who his permanent opponents are going to be. By the way, the SEC is going to a nine-game conference schedule. I know it's a vote that's coming, and they're deciding between one plus seven or three plus six. You're going to have nine SEC games moving forward. It's going to it's going to happen that way. They're already yeah. deciding who the opponent, your three permanent opponents are. Nick Saban revealed his, and he's not happy about it. I'm going to read you his quotes. We can laugh at him together, but also... Friend of the program, Ross Dellinger, put out an updated version of his projected uh, permanent opponents for each team. Ole Miss has changed. Mississippi State fans should be pretty pumped up if if Ross is correct uh, about the draw that they got. Ole Miss fans, not so much because no Vanderbilt. Uh, But either way, we'll get into all that as well. Uh, Ross is the best at this. He, He didn't just guess for fun or for ratings. It's it's sourced. It's not finalized, but you can be pretty sure that he's he's plugged into this. So we've got a lot to cover today, a whole lot to cover today. Food Friday as well, and again, your text. Old Miss has taken a one to nothing lead on a uh, Kemp Alderman home run. That guy might hit thirty this year, but a Kemp Alderman home run. To uh, that short porch in uh, in in right field, so he hit it over the big wall that they've got out there on the uh, like the forty yard line or so <laughs> somewhere in there at uh, the stadium there in Minneapolis. When we come back, though, we'll talk about state hoops. Big game tomorrow, biggest game of the season in part because it's the next one, and that injury news I told you about. So we'll talk about hoops. When we come back, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt tomorrow. What is on the line? You know what's on the line, but we're going to talk about it anyway. When we come back in the Pearl River Resort studio, again, I'm Borky. He say, Dad, glad you guys are with us despite the uh, weird station lineup with baseball covering things up today. We appreciate you, and we'll be right back to talk some hoops. 
You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Women advanced in the SEC tournament, beating up on Texas A&M earlier today. A 17-point win. So they'll move on to play South Carolina. They gave South Carolina a good scare a couple weeks ago. We'll see if they can uh, if they can get it done this time. We shall see. Speaking of <laughs> basketball, won't waste your time anymore. Liam Robbins uh, is out. Unfortunately, out for the season for Vanderbilt. And he's been a, a great story in the SEC. He's played a lot of bad basketball. And and by he's played bad basketball, I mean he's played on bad basketball teams at Vanderbilt. He's a senior, obviously you know, been around a while. And he's been really good this season. I mean, an absolute menace, if we're being honest. He's a seven-footer, shoots 37% from three. Uh, shoots 50% from the field, uh, takes three-point shots. Uh, he's a good passer. He, he's a veteran presence. He's very skilled, and Mississippi State will not see him tomorrow. He's been a major part of how Vanderbilt's become, I mean, Scrappy doesn't even describe him. They've just, they've just been good in conference play for the most part, and, and he's been a big piece of that, and he is out for the rest of the season, which obviously includes tomorrow. That is a huge blow to Vanderbilt and I hate to be so callous about this, but it's the nature of sports, that's a, that's a huge benefit for Mississippi State not having to face him tomorrow. I mean, you're talking about a Vanderbilt team that's basically not outscoring its opponents. They're at, it's 71-9 to 71-7 is what their average score versus average points given up is, right? So I'm taking 15 points right off the top. Uh, this is an, a Vanderbilt team that only out-rebounds its opponents by one per game. And I'm taking... Six rebounds or seven rebounds right off the top. That's a, that's I mean that's a lot of production to try to make up here. And oh by the way, one of the best inside players in the conference is coming to play, and you got to find somebody to guard him now in Tolu Smith. So this is a big blow for Vanderbilt, no question about it. Um, and obviously, if you're you know from Mississippi State's perspective, you know that that's it's a it's a plus. It's unfortunate, but that's what it is. Um, and so now, you know, for Mississippi State, I, I you know, they don't have a whole lot of excuses to, to go up to Vanderbilt and not come away with a win. It's a tough environment. Vanderbilt's obviously going to play hard. I think they're very well coached. I think Stackhouse has really found himself as a coach. He'll probably have that team tournament bound uh, next season. I think they're just getting better and better. But Mississippi State has a lot to play for, and they need to show up ready to win. And if they do, I think we can punch a ticket. Vanderbilt, to your point, has won... Eight of nine. And that's all SEC games. So they, they lost three in a row to Kentucky, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Then beat Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, and Auburn. Before that weird loss to LSU, turn around and beat Florida and Kentucky. That is a team that is on fire, and uh, and, and Robbins has been a big part of that. So 
Um, for State tomorrow, is it really this simple? Winning, you're in. Lose, and you've got to make noise in Nashville? I think so. I really do think so. I think at 21-10, and 9-9, and 9, you would be picking up a quad two win that would give you a combined eight on the season, uh, quad one and quad two uh, games. So, I mean, your net's going to be what? You know, it's 43 today. You probably dip back into the 30s, maybe at like 39 or something like that. Yeah, I think I think it is about just that accurate for, for Mississippi State, that if they can get the win here against uh, Vanderbilt, they, they should be in a, a State is just accurate as messing with Mississippi State. They keep dropping in and out of the top 100, and and that's taken away a quad. Today they're at 102, so State's win against them is quad three. If they can win a couple more games, it'll go back up to quad two. But, yeah, I really do think at this point, I mean, it, it's just going to be difficult for me to see a team, 21 wins and 9-9 nine and nine in the conference. Also, you know, the, the committee, for, there's two things to remember. The committee... They use the net as a tool. It's not, okay, this is where they are in the net, so fill them in. And they also take into account how a team is playing here at the end of the year. If State wins this game, they will have won uh, uh, eight of their last ten games. They will have gone from one and seven in the conference to uh, nine and nine in the conference, which means they've won seven out of nine conference games, and they obviously have the win over TCU, which is a very good win for them. They won on the road. They will have won on the road at Arkansas, quad one win. Uh, they will have beaten Missouri at home. Missouri, as most people think, can be a tournament team. And then they will have gone to Vanderbilt in this situation and gotten the win. So, I mean, their resume is good. And it's just a, a question of, you know, how many bids get stolen through the conference tournaments. But, yeah, I, I really do believe State, with a win on Saturday, has all. I mean, if they haven't wrapped it up at that point, I don't know that they, they, they ever will. Uh, it's a tournament resume, uh, for sure. And just winning tomorrow will... Because, as you know, and we talk about, there are other teams on the bubble. Some will win, and then some will lose. Very profound. Thank you. That's why I get paid the big bucks. But it's true. It's If you take care of your own business, you really don't have to do much watching elsewhere because teams are going to lose. There's a reason they're on the bubble. They're not particularly good teams. But that net and that conference record um, should mean they're in with a win on Saturday. If they do, yeah. do we have any idea who they'd play in the first game in Nashville? No. Oh, in, in, in the SEC tournament? Yeah. I have not really sat down and looked at the, worked out the seating for that because everything is so jammed up in the middle. But, I mean, you've got uh, a bunch of teams that could finish 9-9, nine and nine, you know, State doesn't have a lot of tiebreakers with the team it's near. Uh, you know, they don't have one with Florida. They don't have the tiebreaker with Auburn. Um, they would have it with Arkansas. So my guess is they're probably going to end up being the seven, eight, or nine seed, but we'll just have to wait and see. Other games this weekend in the SEC Alabama's at Texas AM. I don't expect the same fireworks that we got in Columbia. I have a feeling that Texas AM is one, and they're, they're abundant weirdness. It just. They don't have the ability to be as hostile as other places do anyway, just because mm-hmm. of their, their nature. South Carolina student section runs along the court. a doesn't. And, and because of that, it's going to be less, like, you can't say as much that, you know, it, it won't be as contentious, I don't think, on Saturday as you got when they played at South Carolina because of logistics and also the people involved. But 
a game worth watching nonetheless. Georgia's at South Carolina. One of the most meaningless basketball games in the history of the Southeastern Conference will be that Georgia at South Carolina game. Um, no stakes there. Tennessee at Auburn. Auburn has to win that game. And if you're state, you're kind of rooting against them, right? Yes. Just knock them out. You would like to see Auburn. Yeah, you would like to see Auburn. And it's sort of the same thing I was just talking about. If, if Auburn loses, they will have lost seven of their last nine. Ooh. I mean, that, that's that's not what you want going into the, the, to the, uh, into the postseason. So we'll have, to, we'll have to see. You know, Obviously, right now, if you're state, you want teams that are in the mid-30s to mid-40s to lose as many games as they can, and you win, and you just sort of go from there. So you know, teams like, you know, if you're looking around this weekend, you just mentioned Auburn. Uh, Memphis, you'd like to see them drop a game, maybe. Um, NC State, you want to see them dropping games. North Carolina, you want to see them, you know, I hate to root for Duke, but that's that's kind of where you are if you're a Mississippi State fan. You want you, you want to see North Carolina. Sometimes, uh, if you're going to benefit, you, you need to see bad people benefit too. It is, you know. Yeah. That's all how it works out. So, so we'll see how it goes for Mississippi State. Like I said, though, I really do think they control their own destiny on this one. As long as they can get a win and finish 500 in the conference, I feel like that's going to be enough to get them into the dance. Kentucky's at Arkansas. Arkansas, I don't think they like must win that game, but they would prefer to win that game. It could get weird if they don't. Ole Miss is at Missouri. Well, Arkansas, their net is so good, it's yeah. going to be hard to knock them out. I mean, they're they're a top six. I think they're sixteenth in the net. Hold on, I had it pulled up just a second ago. They have. They're I not mean, getting left out, but yeah, I mean, the, the Arkansas is sixteenth in the net right now. They, it's funny, their resumes. If you just look at the numbers, very similar to Mississippi State. But then when you go inside, they beat Creighton, who's fourteen in the net. They beat San Diego State, who's eighteen in the net. I mean, they've just they've got better wins yeah. than Mississippi State. Ole Miss is at Missouri. Missouri has to have that one. Their net is bad. They're on the outside looking in right now. They have to win that game. The only thing people care about with Ole Miss is who their next coach is going to be. LSU's at Florida. Florida not going to make the tournament, but not going to make it. No. They have to win it. And of course, Mississippi State at Vanderbilt on Saturday night. We'll talk a little bit of baseball when we come back. I don't think we did the starting rotation at Mississippi State justice yesterday. The change. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Also, the venue, by the way. I mean, I guess it's too late. If you guys are listening to us, you're probably not going. Outstanding. So we'll talk about that. Uh, of course, Ole Miss is playing. We'll give you an update when we come back. Talk a little bit about Southern Miss as well. And their very important series with Dallas Baptist. And your messages, 601-879-4395 is the text line. The C Spire text line. Don't text and drive, though. Be safe when you're doing it, but we'd love to have you this afternoon. Talk some baseball when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We got this message. Unfortunately, State will be 8, 9, or 10 in the SEC tournament. If they win, they are 8. If they lose, they'll be 8 through 10. Actually, he says, Florida could jump them at 8 and State could be 9, but it looks like round 1 will either be Arkansas or Florida. I can tell you who you want to play in round 1 if you need a win. Probably probably want to play uh, Florida. You want to play Florida. <laughs> so, so hope. So hope they, but now well, you, know, you, you don't say want to that. lose to them. State lost to Florida at home and beat Arkansas on the road. So I don't know. What, what a what a sport! What a sport! Ole Miss has runners on second and third with two outs in the top of the third. So Calvin Harris at the plate right now for Ole Miss. Somebody you want in that situation for sure. We'll see if he can come through. Speaking of baseball and venue, first of all, uh, the Frisco Classic right in. Uh, Outside of Dallas, I've actually been to the ballpark there. Um, my, my old, I say my old best friend, he's still my best friend. A, an old friend of mine, though, growing up, played for the uh, the Frisco Rough Riders, which is the minor league team at that park. That is a stunning baseball park. I mean, it looks really like is. Churchill Downs, but baseball. And if you haven't seen it, Google it. It is for a minor league baseball park. It doesn't get better. It is. It's beautiful. You've got white balcony buildings that go from basically foul pole to foul pole. And for what it's worth, there's a pool in the outfield as well. But it's just a a beautiful venue, and they had bad weather come through, and we got some of it today as well. Apparently the weather's going to be great out there for those three days, though. That is good news for for, for baseball fans, because the last time State was there, they had a game canceled uh, because of high winds. So, yeah. It'd be good to get uh, all three in. It felt like we lived in Amarillo today or wherever with how windy it was. It was rough, yeah. My neighbor's trash was getting blown into my yard and it just it was all wet and just ter- a terrible experience today picking up my neighbor's trash out of my yard. Wasn't their fault. I mean, it's trash day. But the wind blew it down and just shot it all into my yard and they weren't home and I certainly wouldn't have made them... What can you do? I know. It's just wet trash is... Um, Ground out for Harris. So Ole Miss cannot capitalize there. Still leading one to nothing in the middle of the third. State changed up the rotation. We mentioned it at the end of the show yesterday, but we need to spend a little bit more time on it. The ambidextrous pitcher that has gone national, by the way. My dad called me about that. Saw it on Fox News. That's, that's why my dad calls me. Hey, Michael, I saw this on Fox. But he saw... The ambidextrous pitcher from Mississippi State on Fox, and he's getting a start on a Friday night. Are you afraid to say his name? Yes, yeah, terrified. No, terrified, because I don't want to screw it up. Gerangelo Sinjay. Gerangelo Sinjay. Gerangelo. Yeah. Sinjay. Gerangelo. Gerangelo. Like Geran Geran. Gerangelo. WNBC. Yes, Gerangelo. Gerangelo Sinjay. The ambidextrous yeah. pitcher. Is he going both ways? Left and right he through will. the course yeah. of the game? Awesome. He will. Yeah, he, he, the game he pitched um, <clears throat> last week against ULM, he uh, he went to both sides of the, of the, of the glove. Yeah. So and, why? And changed it up as his guy. Well, the main thing, I think I think Kate Smith is going to be out for a few weeks. And so this could be a Wally Pip kind of thing where, you know, if Durangelo pitches really, really well over the next few weeks that, that Kate Smith – has to find another spot, or do they, you know, they move Kate Smith down in the rotation? But I think I think Kate Smith is going to be a part of this rotation when he's healthy. Um, 
But he's just earned it at this point. You know, in his two appearances, he's looked really, really good. He's looked in command. He has good stuff. He's throwing 95, 96 from the right side. He's above 90 from the left. Um, obviously, being a both-handed pitcher gives State an advantage that very few other teams, if any other teams, are, are going to have. Um, and so why not put him out there and, and see what happens, you know? And if, if it goes according to plan and it goes really well, like I said, you can go ahead and pencil him in for three years on those Friday night spots, and 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 you're you know you're in great shape there. Um, we'll see how the you know the rest of the rotation last week I thought was very good. You know Friday was the tough day for Mississippi State, but Graham Eintema was really good on Saturday. Uh, was really consistent, and a guy that you know had we talked to Lamonis on Monday about him had no there was no preseason hype surrounding Graham Eintema. Uh, came out of nowhere, but looked really really good. And then Landon Gartman in his two starts thus far has been exactly what you probably expected him to be coming from Memphis as a transfer. You know, just been solid. You know, and a guy we've been talking about the pitch clock, and maybe that's one of the reasons that walks are up is is that guys are just they're struggling to find comfort. You know, getting getting to the getting to the uh, into their deliveries quicker. Gartman is not that kind of guy though. He is a throw me the ball back so I can throw it back to you kind of pitcher, and he's been really, really good on these two Sunday starts for Mississippi State. So, you know, Eintemann, it's only his second career start, and obviously Gerangelo, it's only his second career start. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, you know, questions, I guess, you know, still to be answered. And obviously for Mississippi State, defensively there's still question marks there as well. They have not been playing good defense this year. Offensively, you feel really pretty good about this team. You know, you feel like they're they, they going in the right direction there, but if they can find something with, with Durangelo this weekend, if, if Eintemann gives you a second straight good start, well, then you start feeling pretty good about your chances uh, getting into SEC play. So injury instead of performance is the, is the, law, the, the short version of why this happened now. I don't know if it's injury or illness. I think, he, I think he's sick. Uh, I, mean, I, think he's, I think he's just, yeah, I think he's ill. The worst. So. But... If Gerangelo performs well, I mean, can you can you take him out of this spot? Uh, that's the thing, you know. I mean, if he comes out today and let's, you know, let's just play best case scenario. He gives you six innings, maybe gives up a couple of hits and a run, doesn't really walk anybody, gets some strikeouts, and then comes back again next week. You know, next week they're playing uh, uh, Lipscomb, so that is not a team you would expect. To do a whole lot against Mississippi State. Now, last year that was an issue, and this year, you know, the VMI game happened, the ULM game happened, but you would expect State to be able to pitch well and play well in that game. Well, if he gives you back-to-back solid starts, now we're at the start of SEC play. You really going to tinker with that? You really going to mess with it? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that would be. I don't think Chris Lemonis would mess with it, and it's obviously a question he would have to answer. But at that point, I think he might, he might just be in the rotation. Interesting stuff there. Interesting stuff. Sneaky, really tough weekend. I mean, you mentioned Ohio State's got this lefty that that's really crafty, playing He's the good. national runner-up last year in Oklahoma, and, and a Cal team yeah. that lost their ace today. Their ace left early. Uh, yeah, and that that trickles down into the the rest of the weekend, obviously, because they're going to have yeah. to go through some more pitching. Oklahoma and Ohio State—they're not great teams. Like Oklahoma, I think four and four on the season. And they're they're not playing particularly well. Um, Ohio State not playing particularly well either. But this kid pitching today, Isaiah, I think it's Couplet, uh, is a a good looking pitcher. Pitcher. His numbers this year have been good. He just 
you know, he's pitched two games. He lost one where they lost one to nothing. So he did all he could do. Yeah. And, you know, that's why pitching wins is an antiquated stat. Dan in Hattiesburg says, Borky, please don't ever ask again if a guy... Yeah, I know. I know, Dan. I, 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 I meant throw with both, not go with... Anyway. Hunter okay. says, switch pitcher sounds a lot better. It does. It does. Than amb- because I can't emphasize the K in ambidextrous. It's, it's not going to catch on. It's fine. What did I want to call Jake Mangum that never caught on either? Grandpa or something like that. Grandpa Jake. Old man Mangum. Yeah. Didn't yeah, Grandpa on. Jake never caught He already caught had on. a nickname. You couldn't give him another nickname. Yeah, but he already Grandpa had Jake nickname. was so good. We had a Grandpa yeah. Joe growing up. I had a, I would call him a friend, I guess, a guy in my friend group in high school that had jet black hair that was starting to gray a little bit in random spots, and we called him Grandpa Joe. 18-year-old kid was getting uh, gray in high school. <laughs> Is he totally gray now? Uh, I think he shaves it. Oh. So probably is, is why yeah. why he would do yeah. that um, for sure. Dwayne says, I don't do a lot of round ball. What does net mean? The net, Dwayne, is what the <laughs> committee... do we have? It's a formula that the committee uses, and it's based on strength yeah. of schedule um, and where the games are played and what the score of the games are to calculate how good a team is, essentially. And it's it's not foolproof, and it's not the end-all, be-all, but the, the selection committee relies on the net heavily to make their picks for the tournament because having to watch and analyze 340 teams is totally unrealistic. And, and so they use this this formula, this, this algorithm, to let them know who's played a schedule better than this team or who's got better wins than this team or who's got worse losses than this team and this formula lays that all out for them so they kind of use math in a way to pick the teams for the NCAA tournament and it's a ranking is what it is straight up rankings um, that are laid out in such a way to to help them make their picks 601-879-4395 is the text line. 601-879-4395. Coming up at the start of the 4 o'clock hour, we'll tell you what Nick Saban was complaining about today and a really good projection of who the three permanent opponents are for Ole Miss and State when the SEC goes to nine conference games. We'll be back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Our friend Hunter in Columbus is scarred from a previous administration, said Ben Hallen wouldn't be winning this game tomorrow. <laughs> well, in fairness, Ben Hallen wouldn't have won most of the games that State's played this year. So. True. Very, very true. Here's a, wouldn't have this team in this position. Random stats for you. It, just, it goes to show the, the reach of the Super Bowl. I saw this earlier, found it interesting. Maybe you guys will as well. So we know the Super Bowl is watched by, what, 113 million people here in the United States, an insane number, but it, it does that 
every single year. What about worldwide, though? 56 million people not in the United States watched this most recent Super Bowl, which is up 7% from last year for what that's worth. 21 million people in Mexico watched the Super Bowl. The most of any country in the world. Which tells you why they keep putting games at Azteca and why they keep talking about the possibility of having a team in Mexico City. I still think you would have a near impossible time convincing players to want to play there. Just because it's not in the United States. And Mexico City, despite having some good things, it's kind of a rough place. I know people that have been there and they don't really speak highly of it. But that's why they're exploring that option. Because 21 million of our neighbors to the south watched the Super Bowl. That's why they're exploring that. Canada was number two. 17.3 million Canadians watched uh, the Super Bowl. 190, over 190 countries broadcasted the game in their country. And 80 different media companies broadcasted the Super Bowl worldwide. Wow. That's crazy. 190 countries. 56 million people. A lot of people. Not, I mean, not surprising to see big numbers for the uh, for the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, they um, they just wanted to see Patrick Mahomes, I guess. But anyway, I guess the idea of the NFL going international still just kind of doesn't sit right with me. Which is weird because I mean we've got, and I guess it's because like Toronto, for example, doesn't feel like it's a foreign country. It's very close to the States anyway. It's a big, booming city. I've been to Toronto. I, you don't feel like you're in Canada. You feel like you're in an American mm-hmm. city. It's a big... It, Toronto's right. huge, man. It is a huge place. Buffalo is, like, right up there. I mean, people that live there are Bills fans. Because it's you just hop across the border and you're in Buffalo. It's that close. But... yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of NHL teams, what, in Calgary and, what is it, Calgary, Ottawa? Oh, here's some sports trivia for you. Name the Canadian hockey teams. Winnipeg. Winnipeg? Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, Ottawa Senators, Vancouver Canucks. Nice. I think that's all. But but that's hockey, too. The NFL going into a different country, I don't know if I'd ever, like, be but, and it's just American leagues that do this too. Like you never hear about the Premier League saying, "We need an American team. Yeah, we need a team, or we're or we're gonna you know move Man- we're gonna move Liverpool uh, versus Manchester United. We're we're gonna play that in New York this year. But, you know, if they played that game in New York, it would sell out, or yeah, LA, right. or wherever they wanted to play it. It, it would it would be packed. But you never hear them doing that. They're just like, you know, we're happy you guys watch it on TV. That, yeah, that's good enough for us. They'll do friendlies over here where their C teams play. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't have a, I don't have an issue, you know, with friendlies. I always think it's weird that the NFL teams give away a home game to go play in London. I just I I'd never never been a big fan of it. Yeah, remember when the Saints did that? Oh, that was fun. yeah. It wasn't. That's an actual lie. Uh, by the way, uh, Nick Underhill thinks that the Saints are the current favorite to land Derek Carr. And when I shared that, that, that tweet in my Saints fan group message, 
I, I did the Ron Paul gif where where he's like doing the hand it's thing happening. and it's happening. Yeah. And the first reply was, "We are down so bad right now." <laughs> nah. And, and he was like, "I want Derek nah. Carr, but I mean that, that's how far that's how far we've fallen." Alvin Kamara is going to go to prison. We're super pumped up about Derek Carr. What what happened? Drew Brees retired. Sean Payton left. And that's just kind of where we are now. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, it happens. Uh, might be waiting to for for Aaron Rodgers' decision, or, or maybe he maybe he won't. We uh, we shall see. Aaron Rodgers is out of his darkness retreat, doing media and still wondering why people care so much. A lot of dominoes will fall when he decides, though. If he goes to the Jets, that likely means Carr goes to the Saints. Apparently, the Panthers are involved. Uh, I mean, what, what's Vegas going to do? It's it, It'll start a whirlwind. We're just kind of waiting for that whirlwind to begin. Speaking of whirlwinds, here's a tease for you. Nick Saban got all up in his feelings about the proposed, not proposed, sounds like it's going to happen, three permanent opponents for Alabama. We'll tell you who they are and what he said and who Ole Miss and States are when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Today he'll be back Monday. It's great to be with you guys on this Friday afternoon. Got baseball going on right now. Ole Miss still leading Maryland in the bottom of the fourth. Terps up to bat. Have a runner on second with one out. Scores one to nothing. Ole Miss left a runner on third in the last inning. So they left runners on second and third in the previous. And then runner on third in the fourth. Maybe that'll come back to bite them. We shall see. But... We're going to turn the page to some college football. This story from Ross Dellinger earlier today with direct quotes from Nick Saban, where he revealed three permanent opponents when the conference schedule expands to nine and the format changes some. No more divisions. We've been over that many, many times. You guys know what's coming. Three permanent opponents, six rotating You will play everybody in the SEC at least twice over a four-year period. You'll go to every stadium in the SEC at least once in a four-year period. A much more um, rational schedule when it comes to actually like being a conference as opposed to sticking with divisions. Nick Saban, though, apparently not a fan of who he got paired up with. Here are some quotes. I've always been an advocate for playing more conference games. But if you play more games, I think you have to get the three fixed opponents right. They're giving us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. I don't know how they come to that. Now, let's stop there for a second. That is Nick Saban 
being frustrated because he got his team got paired up with Tennessee, who up until this past season, he beat 15 times in a row. And Auburn, despite having more success against him than anybody else in the SEC, another team that he has dominated in his time there, relatively speaking. That's what he's complaining about. Well, I don't know how they well, come I mean, to that. we got to get that right. How dare I have to play Tennessee and, and he, Auburn and LSU? Even if he's complaining about LSU, like he could be saying, look, historically we want to keep Auburn and Tennessee. But LSU, you're 8-2 in your last 10 against LSU. I mean, this is the problem of Alabama and Georgia. And the fact of the matter is they're just better than everybody. So it doesn't matter who you scheduled them with. You were saying, look, we scheduled you with three teams that are worse than you. You know, yeah. if you're Auburn, you're Auburn is the school that needs to be complaining because they're going to play Alabama and Georgia every single year. They're going to wake up every year and go ten and two is the best we can hope for. It's the absolute peak until Nick Saban retires. So, I this this is this this these decisions have been made for television. This yes. is all about television. Well, Alabama LSU is a television game. Year in, year out, it's usually the CBS nighttime game. It always draws big numbers. It always has a ton of NFL talent. People want to watch it. They're going to keep that game. Of course. And this is what he... And by the way, if you don't if you don't get them permanently, you're still playing them every two years. Exactly. And if it's not them, it's what Oklahoma. What are we talking about? Right. I, I'm, just, I, I'm so glad that people can Alabama now... Was I was just say Alabama is never gonna. They're never gonna get Vanderbilt, Missouri, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss as their permanent. They're just not. They're gonna match them up with teams that make sense for television. And and this is what he asked for. I, I'm I'm hoping though that people can stop trying to pretend like his recent complaints are anything other than losing grip. He's losing his grip on the dominance of the SEC. That, that's what's happening, because I'll read you some more quotes here in a second where he tells you what he's talking about. Remember, oh, Nick Saban's just warning us because he's going to, he's just warning us that he's going to dominate even more. No. If you thought with your brain, if you just stopped for a second and you didn't just take Nick Saban's words as gospel because he's won football games, you could clearly see that he wanted to stop what was happening in college football because other people wouldn't then have more than him. And up until recently, he's had the most of everything. And yes, he's a great coach, a great evaluator, great culture. He's one the greatest college football coach to ever live. It's not just because he's had advantages, but he has had advantages. He has more at Alabama than, than anybody else in the SEC until recently. Until the game changed. Until the portal happened. And you can't stockpile five stars on your bench for four years anymore. They want to go play somewhere, and now they can. He doesn't like that. Alabama boosters can't afford what Texas A&M boosters can. Here comes Texas into the SEC, by the way. Guess what they can afford? More than Alabama. Doesn't like that either. Doesn't want to play a more difficult schedule because he doesn't have the advantages anymore. It, it's so transparent to anybody that's willing to just think about it for a second. He has owned the sport because he's owned everything about the sport for two decades almost. But now they don't have the most of everything. 
and he sees that, and it's costing him, and that's why he's complaining about this, and that's why he complained about the transfer portal, and that's why he's complained about NIL. It's not just, he's not trying to, quote, save the sport. Because if he wanted to save the sport, he would have been advocating for caps on analysts. He would have been advocating for caps on recruiting budget and things like that. But he had the most analysts. He had the biggest recruiting budget. He was able to do those things more than other people. If he cared about competitive integrity and competitive balance, then he would have advocated for things that would have hurt his program because he had the most. Now he doesn't have the most, and suddenly we're supposed to believe that the guy that's owned the sport for as long as he has cares about competitive integrity? Stop. And I'm glad that he is starting to lose the um, lose the edge on these statements. They're they're very thinly veiled now. They used to be covered in a, in a really nice veil. They're thinly veiled now. You can see right through this stuff. Doesn't want to play Tennessee anymore because he sees Tennessee getting better. Yeah, that's what it is. And of course. You know, Alabama holding on to the Tennessee is the reason the divisions have been the way they, they are, and that's why you have Missouri in the in the East and things like that, because we had to keep the sanctity and the reason we couldn't have, you know, change change up the schedule and get, you know, some more variety on there and not have teams having to wait ten, fifteen years to play at certain venues. It's because we had to keep Alabama Tennessee together. Well, here we are. Yeah. So it's it's just this is this is the correct move for the SEC. Yes. You don't want to have to, you know, your three, your 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 marquee teams need to be playing each other, and that that's just a simple fact. Alabama needs to be playing LSU. Georgia needs to be playing Florida. Georgia, you know, tennis, Texas, and Oklahoma need to play each other. I, like I said a few weeks ago, I, I personally I, I like Alabama LSU, but I would put Alabama and Texas together. Just give me the two, you know, biggest two of the biggest brands. Right there, every year. I, I know that I got it every year. And if Texas can deliver on their end of the bargain and be good, and if Arch Manning can bring them up, then, you, you I mean, that's that's going to be a huge game year in and year out. It's going to be a huge game this year when Alabama and Texas play each other yes. as it is. So I guess, I, I guess we can make a, a quick assumption then that Alabama will not play Texas uh, in 2024 and 2025. Sounds like it. Probably can make that assumption. It's apples to oranges, but why do you think the Dallas Cowboys get so many prime, uh, primetime games? Yeah. Because they're the biggest brand, and, and so they get treated People differently. People want to see Alabama, scheduling. LSU. I mean, yeah. you know, these, are, these are the two top teams in the country, year in, year out for the most part. LSU, sometimes you have some extra stuff going on there that's just fun to make some fun to watch. Yeah. Here, I mean, think about three years ago, that 2019 game. That's one of the greatest college football games of all time. People want to repeat that. They yes. want to see it. Some more quotes. By the way, uh, we talked about this on the show many times, actually, so this shouldn't be a surprise to you, but they have decided, or at least according to Ross Dellinger, to pick the opponents based on what your program's been over the last decade. They separated the SEC into a top eight, into a bottom eight. And the teams in the bottom eight will get one permanent opponent from the top and two from the bottom, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Here's Nick Saban on that. He doesn't like that. They said they did a 10-year whatever. Well, some of those years, Tennessee wasn't as good as they've been in the previous 10 years, but now they are as good as they used to be before those 10 years. We got three teams, and two of them are in the top 10, and the other is in the top 10 a lot. Look historically over a 25-year history. And the three best teams in the East are Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. You look historically at 25 years, 
Alabama, LSU, and Auburn are the three best teams in the West. So we're playing them all. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Who do you want to play? Who do you want to play, Nick? You're not going to get to play Vanderbilt. You're just not. You know? And this is the way that it, that it works out for you. It's kind of funny that Auburn's in that bottom eight, by the way. Yeah. Do they have to, or, or is it Tennessee? Tennessee or Auburn is in that bottom eight, I guess. I believe because it if is. You say, like you said, it is um, Auburn is in the top. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then Tennessee, you know, I mean, it's just how it works out. And look, if you didn't have this historic rivalry with Tennessee, you wouldn't be having these issues today. So just come out and say, hey, we don't have to play the third Saturday in October anymore. Yeah. Not a big deal to us. We'll read more of his complaints, tell you about how the teams are divided, by the way, and then the best projection we've seen so far about who your team's permanent opponent's going to be. We'll be right back. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Maryland tied it up at one in the bottom of the fourth, but Ole Miss just took a two-run lead after Ethan Groff had a home run. The 3-1 Rebels in the top of the fifth there in Minneapolis. More Saban quotes. First of all, actually, it's not officially clear how the SEC has decided to divide the 16 teams, but if you look at uh, league records from 2013 to 22, so over that 10-year period, the top eight, and they include Texas and Oklahoma's Big 12 record. That's the only way you can do that. So the top eight would be Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, Texas, and Auburn. And Texas A&M. So there's your top eight. And the bottom would be Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. Nick Saban doesn't like that. They only did it over 10 years, he said. Now you've got name, image, here it is, here it is. Transparent. He's telling you everything in these quotes. So now you've got name, image, and likeness, which changes the whole dynamic because it's who has the most money to pay players until they change the rules. You hear this? With everything you know about Alabama, you guys hear this? And people in our business eat this crap up as if it's real. Like he actually cares about competitive balance and not that he wants it to go back to the old way because they had the best method to use the old way to get players. Anyway, quote continues. I like playing more SEC games. I think it's good for the game and good for the fans. I think they have a better chance to get the parity right doing the eight games. I'm talking about the balance of who has who. The SEC, uh, that, that, that was it. I was about to read a Scott Strickland quote on accident. So there you go. He's telling you that. He's telling you all you need to know about why he actually feels the way he does. Because the dynamic in the SEC is shifting, it's balancing, and he doesn't like that. Because they can't take advantage anymore. It's that simple. At the end of the day, this is the same as Lane Burroughs saying he's not going to play Ole Miss anymore. You gotta you gotta you gotta do for your school. You gotta say the things when you get behind the podium. Your job is to say the things that benefit your school. Yeah. And th- that's what Nick Saban is doing. I don't fault him for it. Don't hate him for it. But, you know, it's, it is it is kind of obvious that it's just like, 
crap, it might get a little harder to win a national title now. Yeah. But at the same time, Nick, you're going to have to have a 12-team playoff. 10-2 and two Alabama goes to the, the playoff every year. Every year. They're always going to be in. No questions asked. And then you just play, then you start, you know, you go to the, the national, you play, win national titles that way. Yeah. Shouldn't be a problem. No. My, my gripe so much isn't with Saban. It's more about the people that, that buy this, that, that think that this is the case. I was invited on a guest on a, a radio show in the SEC footprint because the, the person saw my tweets and wanted to, like, argue with me about this kind of thing that, Nick Saban's a traditional uh, a traditionalist, and and he says things like this because he wants to preserve the integrity of college football, and he doesn't ha- his Alabama didn't have to engage in that nefarious behavior. Everybody else did to try to catch it. Like that, that's what people think. That that's where my gripe is. It's it's people like that guy, or Colin Cowherd, who perpetuates that on national radio, when everybody else knows it's garbage. But anyway, so. What does this mean for Ole Miss and State? Ross Dellinger, again, the the great Ross Dellinger, friend of this program, put out a new projection, which uh, he calls it from speaking to league insiders. It's his best educated guess of what the permanent opponents will be. We'll give you State and Ole Misses first and then go to the rest of the SEC. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. As good of a draw as you could have asked for. Yeah, you you got of the top eight. You got the team that you've had the most success against that year in year out. You feel like you can you can get after them and and be competitive with them. That there there are going to be years where states able to go three and zero in the in those games. So three and zero there, four and zero in your or, or I guess three and zero in your non conference. You're already bowl eligible before you play the other uh, six games. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret that A&M's just got the resources out out the you-know-what, but at what point are those going to actually manifest into results on the field? Until that happens, yeah. th- that's all that they have is resources and not results. For Ole Miss, changed a little bit from the last one. Mississippi State, obviously. LSU would be their Tier 1 opponent. And Arkansas instead of Vanderbilt. Can't believe the SEC would destroy such a storied rivalry that is Ole Miss <laughs> Vanderbilt, but they did it. Um, as a viewer, I would rather have Arkansas on the, the schedule than scenario. Vanderbilt. Ole Miss Arkansas consistently year in year out is one of the most crazy and exciting and entertaining football games for the unbiased viewer. You know, from a TV perspective, Ole Miss Arkansas puts on a show basically every year. I mean, look at this year—you had like over a thousand yards of offense and close to a hundred points. In that game, yes, you want Ole Miss Arkansas. And what's so funny about this? Because because we'll talk about the other ones here in a second. But you've got people that are like Nick Saban that are really upset about the, who the permanent opponents are, and and they've got these emotional takes about all oh, this. We got screwed or, or whatever, and you're still going to have to play everybody. If you don't have Georgia as your permanent opponent, you're still going to have to play Georgia. Like the rest of your schedule gets filled out with the rest of the SEC. So Alabama's going to get to play Vanderbilt twice every four years. They're going to get to play Missouri twice every four years and Kentucky twice every four years. That like that's still going to be the case. Ole Miss and State are going to get Vanderbilt twice every four years, and they're going to get Alabama twice every four years. You still fill out a schedule with six teams from the toughest conference in America. So the hand-wringing 
that we got from Saban, just it, it doesn't make sense when your schedule is going to get filled out with the same teams right. that everybody else's is going to get filled out with. It, mm. It's it's nonsensical to complain, like complain about who your draw is because they, you're you're going to get everybody anyway. And they could have really tried to screw them and said like, "Hey, let's get Alabama, Georgia every year." We love that, you know. But basically, I think they're just going to tell you that. Well, we'll get that in the SEC championship game anyway, so let's just not worry about it. But yeah, for Ole Miss, I mean, you have to keep State, you have to keep LSU, and then, you know, Arkansas, and Arkansas is a good historical rivalry. Going back to when Arkansas was in the Southwest Conference, those two schools have played each other, so here's what it is there. For Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. Ugh, this seems boring. This is what it is there, yeah. Oklahoma-Missouri, though, good Big 12 rivalry there. Arkansas getting some former Big 12 love themselves. Missouri, Texas, and obviously Ole Miss. Okay. Arkansas, Texas, year in, year out, should be an exciting football game. Yeah. Don't like that they don't have LSU, but LSU's lineup is better either way. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M. Yeah. Poor Ross Bjork. Oh, man. Oh, those, those poor folks over there. LSU, Texas, and Mississippi State. Going to have some 0-3s in there. Yeah, they are. Going to have some 0-3s. That's a, that's a tough draw. Texas, welcome to the SEC by playing teams that you used to share a conference with. Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. That's what I'm saying. Like That's just boring. The, you know, Arkansas shouldn't be playing Texas, now that I think about it. That's where you should have found the way for them to play Georgia, Alabama, get a big matchup in there. You know, now you're, I mean, this is all stuff I've seen. Yeah, this next one it's it's odd, and you got to fill these in how you fill them in. Oklahoma gets Texas, obviously. They're getting Missouri, mm-hmm. and then Florida mm-hmm. and is Florida. going to be a permanent opponent yeah. for Oklahoma. This is what I'm talking about, though. Aren't doesn't that that's an interesting matchup? Oklahoma, Florida every year. There, I mean, the, I there, there should play. be years where that's a big. <sighs> I know they played in the national championship game, Tebow's uh, last year, or his junior year. Yeah. LSU, this is tough. Uh, Although we kind of took a shot at Texas A&M, this is still not easy. Ole Miss, A&M, and Alabama for LSU. That's what it is. You're LSU. You are. Top 10 program. Go win those games. Alabama, we mentioned anger-inducing. Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. Oh, man. The SEC just out to get Alabama. Now they'll be okay. Yeah, I saw a message board post that said that uh, the reason that this worked out this way was because the SEC does not want Alabama to make the playoff. So there's still it's just people will say anything. Yes, you can sit on the internet and say anything these days. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you absolutely can. Auburn, yeah. I think Auburn deserves a break. Honestly, I think Auburn deserves Vanderbilt every year. Because the other two are yes. Alabama and Georgia, I think they deserve. Is that them. who they got? They got Vanderbilt every other every yes. year. That that is a that's a decent compromise. I, I think they've earned that, honestly. Yes, um, I, I absolutely do. Because Alabama, Georgia, that's tough for uh, for old Hugh. Yeah, if he's around, then we'll give you the rest when we come back. It is still three to one, Ole Miss over Maryland. In the bottom of the fifth there in Minneapolis. So we'll give you the rest of the permanent opponents. Get to your messages as well when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. 
back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. Miss batting at the top of the six. Two out, nobody on. Have that 3 1 lead over Maryland. All right. Back to the permanent opponents for, uh, or at least the projected permanent opponents, the strongly educated guests from Ross Dellinger, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Auburn, and Missouri. It's about as nice to them as you could be. Yeah. Did good. Kentucky, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Georgia. If you're a Kentucky fan, you're cool with this. You know, Georgia's, that's not fun. But Yeah, I would rather, probably rather have had Tennessee. A little bit more of a historical rivalry there, you know, with the bourbon barrel and all that. But as it is, you got games. I mean, Georgia is what it is. But State and South Carolina, those are games that you feel like you can you can have a chance to win each year. Georgia, Auburn, Florida, and Kentucky. I know it's the, the rivalries. For some reason, it feels like they got a break. They didn't, but it's just because well, they're so Florida's good. Florida's down right now. Well, and Florida's down right now. And Auburn's kind of down right now. You know, and 10 years ago, that would have been really tough. Or not, I mean, not 10 for Auburn, but still, you see what I'm saying. Florida, you can probably piece it together by now. Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. In South Carolina, okay. Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky, and don't forget about Clemson for, uh, for yeah. South Carolina as well. Clemson for South Carolina, Louisville for for Kentucky, Georgia Tech for Georgia. That's the other thing that we have to, to find out about these schedules: are is the SEC going to remove the Power Five requirement from the schedule? And if that's the case, then you're going to see some buyouts coming in the next few you know years. Yeah. Because if you're Mississippi State, do you really want to play ten Power Five games in a year? You know, yeah, that, that I mean, that's that's tough. It's tough. I know you scheduled Power Five teams that you feel like you can compete with: Arizona State, Arizona, Minnesota. Now, you know, these are not the top tier teams of their conferences, but I mean, it's still going to be that's still a tough game. You would probably rather play three non-conference teams, two Group of Fives, and an FCS that you know you can beat, and then you have a chance, you know, to get what you got to do in the conference. So. That'll be the next uh, piece of the puzzle that we we, we we need to find out. Yeah, and won't that be determined by the television people that if they don't give Probably. the SEC extra for going to nine conference mm-hmm. games, then they will drop that Power Five requirement? Mm-hmm. Probably. Or if you know, you just don't like look. Not only are we giving you nine conference games, we're going to give you each of our teams against another Power Five. Yeah. Then you know that's worth a little extra money to us. We think it's worth a little extra money to us, and if they don't agree, well then... It sounds like it they is. think they're going to get it. Whether or not they do, I guess, remains to be seen. It sounds like they're expecting it. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody's going to be optimistic while they're negotiating, but we'll True. see. We'll see. Pac-12. I hope, that, I hope it does stay. I would rather, I'd rather see, you know, from a wins and losses perspective, obviously you'd rather, I'd probably rather see State and Ole Miss and those teams play three teams I know they can beat. But from a watching college football perspective, you know, Mississippi State versus Arizona is an interesting game. 
Yep. Ole Miss versus Georgia Tech is an interesting game. It's more interesting than Mississippi State versus Troy or Ole Miss versus Arkansas State. So, for sure. So, uh, so there you go. Hunter on the text line says, um, "Texas permanents don't bother me like y'all said. They will still play other teams as well." I wonder who's going to get the the luck of the draw and get Texas that first year at their at home. Who's going to get Oklahoma that first oh, year yeah. at home? Where the novelty's like, at an all time high. My guess, I would be willing to bet they make a couple of more. I like Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas will probably happen twenty twenty four. Or wasn't Georgia Oklahoma supposed to happen? I think so. They might go ahead and put that back on. Yeah, I think that got canceled because this was happening. They might go ahead and find a way to do Georgia Oklahoma and then send Texas to like maybe to LSU or or something like that. Yeah. Did we hear that C.J. Stroud said he most looks up to Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson? No, I I hope that that's from like one of those fake meme accounts or something because. It doesn't strike me like something that he would have said going into draft interviews. I, I hope I have a yeah. feeling, or at least I hope that that is not. Yeah, that's not the case. Yeah. What it? Ooh, it mm. It's like Nate Oates calling Ray Lewis to help his team. Which, by the way, we, people have completely forgotten about that. By the way, Nate Oates, after three of his players were at the scene of a murder one of which got arrested for it, called in Ray Lewis to talk to his team. Like, that happened. I think it's getting mentioned enough. Either way. 601-879-4395 is the text line. You want to be a part of the conversation. We'd love to have you there. Emmanuel Forbes had a big day today. He did, and it just made his time official. Uh, he, he ran a four three five today. Interesting day for Forbes in that I think it started poorly for him because they weighed him in at 166. There has not been, I, I'm almost positive it's the stat's really correct. Light. It's really skinny. And I, to my, I'm pretty sure that the stat is there hasn't been a first-round pick under 175, and I think that was Devontae Smith who was the last one who was close to that. There hasn't been one in, in a long, in like 20, 30 years, something like that. So that's tough. But then you make up for it. You would say, well, if he's light, he better be fast. Okay, four three five. Uh, his vertical and his broad jump have been good as well. So he really, he's doing well at the combine. I'm sure he'll interview well. The tape for Forbes kind of speaks for itself. Maybe maybe it'll balance out. You know, Maybe it's like, okay, we dropped him because of the weight, but he's so fast. If we can just – I mean, if the thing about weight is you know that if you get him into an NFL facility – and now he's doing football every day, and he's working with your nutritionist and all of that, that you can easily get him up to 180 pounds. It's just, it's just not that difficult to put on 15 pounds of, of muscle when you join an NFL team. And they'll, they'll, put, they'll, they'll put him on a big diet, three 4,000 calories, but they'll let him make him work out, and it'll, it'll, it'll be fine. Just got to find a way. I mean, Emmanuel, if you had just reached out, if you needed to put on some weight, we could have hung out. And I would you would not be having these problems today. Now you might have run four four one, but I still think that's a good enough time for you. What was his height? Six one. Okay, so so I that's think. in let me, his let me, favor. Let me, let me make sure about that. The, av- sure about the that. average NFL cornerback is six foot one ninety three and a half. If he were to play at his current weight, he would be the lightest NFL quarterback uh, cornerback by ten pounds. 
to second place. Mm-hmm. Forbes measure he measured it six six foot and a half. Okay. basically. So yeah, he would be the the lightest corner by ten pounds in the NFL. Good wingspan too, thirty two and a and a quarter. I'm sorry, thirty two and a quarter arms, seventy nine wingspan. Not bad. Yeah, there's no way yeah, around it. That, that size is all going American. to turn people off. It's going to. 166, yeah, it, it just is. I mean, bigger receiver. Big rece- the, the good news is, though, he has the film of, like, look, I was in the SEC yeah. for three years. I dominated. Nobody threw to me. And when they did, I broke the passes up or I picked them off and took them back to the end zone. His ability to return is also going to be huge. I mean, some teams might look at him and go, you know, we can, we can play him at corner, but we, he could be a return guy for us as well. Yeah. But if that's the case, you really need to put on a little weight, I think. Top seven now. Ole Miss still holding on to that three to one lead. Doherty's been great today for uh, for Ole Miss. He's it's, that's a good turnaround considering he's playing the same team they played last week and he gave up a bunch of runs. So for yeah. him to be pitching this well, that's a that's a good sign for Ole Miss. Still three walks, but six complete, just three hits, and one run given up. And I believe a couple of walks led to that inning anyway. I'm trying to keep up as best I can without having to watch it. People are uh, not Mm -hmm. real thrilled with the broadcast quality for having to pay for it. It's like the the camera guys are sleeping at the wheel. If you see some of the highlights they've posted from the game, it's like ball gets hit out of the infield and the camera just slowly pans back and then slowly zooms into the outfield, and the ball's already been thrown in, so they slowly pan back. It's bad, and and they're paying. It's the Big Ten. What do they know about baseball? It, it's You would think with the the amount of money that they're making that they would try, but nope. They. I mean, it's just it's just they don't have any knowledge of how to cover the sport. Yeah, We're, we're spoiled down care. here is, is what that is, yeah. because this, what what we're seeing right now is is – Totally unacceptable on an SEC Network Plus broadcast. Totally unacceptable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree. anyway, asking people to pay for this uh, this garbage is just that. But oh well, you can actually watch it, and so there is a silver lining to that. Hunter says he can put on ten pounds pretty easy. Forbes will be fine. He isn't playing safety or linebacker. He can cover anyone. Long arms helps him a lot. And you can't deny that. He needs more than 10. I think he needs like 15 to 20 to be totally honest with you. And and the tape doesn't lie, right? Listen. At the I mean at the end of the day, can you play football or can you not? The the draft silliness gets so I don't know. Anthony Richardson going to go first. Uh, Maybe the tape does lie. I I appreciate Dan Orlovsky finally like sharing clips of Bryce Young and saying, "Hey, I don't care if he's not 215 pounds." He does all of this stuff better than the other guys. He's the best quarterback in the draft. Stop this. I appreciate him for that. Some logic, finally, in draft analysis. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. This is Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. But I can't 
some weird stuff going on in the Sunbelt Women's Basketball Tournament. Hear me out. Four point, you got my attention. 4.7 seconds left in the Old Dominion-Troy game. Okay. Old Dominion up one, 84-83, whip the ball, and they have to inbound on the side. Mm-hmm. They inbound the ball. Troy can't cover all of the girls in the court. I'll tell you why in a second. Easy layup. Old Dominion wins by three. Troy then filed a post-game protest. Because on that inbounds play that ended the game, Old Dominion had six players on the court. Very clearly, you can see five Old Dominion players in their little formation that they did. They basically created like a a rugby scrum in the middle of the court. And there's five of them. And the inbounder. Girl inbounds the ball, obviously comes onto the court after she inbounds, because that's what that's what you do. But right. they had six, which should have been whistle, it's ball it's given technical. to Troy, yeah. with the free throw. Free throws. And yeah. the ball, with yeah. 4.7 seconds left. So the refs missed an extra player in basketball. In basketball. They missed an extra player, God. and Old Dominion, even after the protest, wins the game. So they, they didn't the, they didn't uphold the protest. They they were unsuccessful in their attempt to protest, and Old Dominion won despite being up one with oh with too many players on the court. Up up one with four point seven seconds left, and nobody caught it. You know, and Richard said this a few weeks ago. Like we all complain about the officiating in every sport, but women's college basketball is a different level of putrid. It is. Yeah. The absolute bottom of the barrel, worst of the worst officiated sports in all of the NCAA. That's awful. So, so hold on. You said that it's clear, right? You it, said it, you, it is, you, you watch the video. It is obvious. There, there are there are absolutely one hundred percent five girls on the court plus the inbounder. Absolutely. That's. That's incredible. So, what's the Sunbelt's Sunbelt's rationale? What's their rationalization for not upholding the protest? Same thing as like if they just missed an an obvious like hack or something. This is different, though. Yeah, I mean it's it's clear as day. You mm. you can't miss it. Uh, what I don't understand is why you can't say, "Wait a minute, yeah, let's go back to that spot." Yeah, I mean, every it, should be able game, to review. Yeah, and, and so that uh, make, that's a lick of sense, man. Could you imagine if that Goodness. happened to? You know, obviously we don't cover Old Dominion and Troy women's basketball. If that happened to one well, of the teams we cover, what people would be saying and thinking like, right now? I always like to play the, the 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 you know, let's blow it all the way up. What if that happened in the A's, the NCAA tournament final? Are we really supposed to believe they're not going to do something? Others could go, well, sorry, you missed it. You know what's funny, though, is those officials that screw that up will officiate tomorrow. Oh, for sure. With yeah. with, with money and everything. Mm-hmm. Jeez. 6 year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is uh, the text line. It's tournament season. This is March, as John Rothstein says so often. 
Next, mm-hmm. no, two Fridays from now, not next Friday, two Fridays from now, on St. Patrick's Day, we will be at the Pearl River Resort for the Friday of March Madness. Ooh, that is St. Patrick's Day. That is St. Patrick's green. Day. Gotta wear green. Yeah. Or Gotta wear gonna, a green polo that day. We're going to pinch Richard. You, he's not going to wear green, and we're going to pinch him, and he's going to hate it. You think he won't wear green? I, I bet he so. wears green. He's got three kids. They'll, they'll tell him, Dad, you have to wear green. No, he's going to be that guy that's going to like look, oh, I've got a green spot on my sock right here. I'm good. Yeah, no. no I'm, I'm prepared to pinch. Do I have a green polo that fits? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I green something. Out. Or I got to figure that out, yeah. You can uh, just like get... Uh, Oh, what was that website that would make all the goofy holiday shirts? Tipsy Elves? That's it. Tipsy Elves. And get yourself a really nice St. Patrick's Day shirt. With, like, my drunker half with an arrow pointing. (laughs) (laughs) These shirts are fantastic. See? Yes. What's the the turnaround on these things for shipping? I bet you can get it in two weeks. Goodness. Be festive. Ooh, women's pinch me once high waisted leggings. I should wear those. <laughs> oh man, Sports Talk Mississippi College Football Fix is coming your way next. Sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Pivotal moment right now in the Ole Miss-Maryland game. Bottom seven, Ole Miss with a 3-1 to lead. Have one out and runners on the corners for the Terps. Mason Nichols in to pitch. Parento did not last but a third of an inning in replace of Doherty, who was good today. So there you go. Mississippi State starts, is it six tonight or seven? Six. So after Oklahoma Cal, they get the field dressed up. Yeah, and, basically, yeah. Oklahoma might win that game. Looks like they were they, they were down early and are clawing back and yeah, and might win that one. So, well, they have a, they got a six five lead and let's let's have a look at this play here that the D one just tweeted out. So this is bottom of the eighth, bases loaded, nobody out, and that's a at least a two RBI. It's a double that might clear the bases. So a lead so, for the Sooners now. They held them at third. So yeah, they were already ahead, but now it's it's eight five. And a hit by pitch. So now bases loaded with one out for Maryland. With nobody out. One out. Oh, for Maryland. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, you had switched over to the Oklahoma game or something. 
No, I've still got this stat broadcast thing up. It, it's it's useful, okay. but it should... you, you stat broadcast is one thing you know for the it, it's ahead of everything. Yeah, even if you're watching the game live, it's ahead of that. So the, I've never uh, dumb question, I guess. Somebody's up there like with the. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Like a software in front of them that's just like clicking stuff. Like this player's mm-hmm. up, uh, and they're and updating all... it as they go. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Okay, yeah. that, yeah, I mean, that like sounds like a fun day... job. Honestly, you just sit there and give game updates. Scorekeeper, on a... yeah, yeah. I yeah. said so there's some there are some games live where if the guy's good enough at his job, he'll he'll be ahead of the uh, the broadcast just watching it on ESPN. If you're streaming, you're talking about you're gonna be a full like it's 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 ahead of Twitter too. So yeah, you're gonna be a full. You know, thirty to sixty seconds ahead. Where is the Ole Miss game on TV, Davis? It's not. If you want to pay nine bucks on Big Ten Plus and watch it on your laptop via the University of Minnesota Athletics Department, that's how you're going to have to do it. So, yeah, no, no, no TV. College baseball is still behind. Majorly, majorly so. We got this question earlier: Does the Brandon Miller situation affect Nate Oates' likelihood to win SEC Coach of the Year? It might, but who so. are you going to give it to? Jans. You give it to Jans instead. Jans. Uh, I would have said Dennis Gates, but I don't. You know, with Missouri, I don't know if they're going to make the tournament or not. I mean, yeah, yeah, Jans. Who awards if, that if officially? going to get in. I think there's there's one each. There's the league and the media. They don't want to give it to him. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Exactly. And, man, you know, I don't mean to be that guy. I don't think he deserves it. I don't, I don't, you know, when you handle something well, he did, the way he did that until he has, three weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. When you handle a and situation like this as poorly as he has, I don't think you should be awarded with a postseason honor. You should, he shouldn't be honored for that. anything well, that's I mean, happened this season. Being coach of the year is, is all-encompassing. Yes. You know, you're the coach of the year. Okay, well, that means you, your program was was done everything the, the, at a high level. And you cannot say that Alabama has handled this at a high level. They haven't. It's been a, it's been a nightmare. for the. I mean, and... It's not just for Alabama. The, the SEC suffers in that as well, from a perception problem. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that it definitely is going to affect them, for sure. Real quick, a, a funny, I guess we can call it funny. It's funny. A funny story for you for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So going to start with a trivia question, by the way. I'm going to test your guys' SEC knowledge with a name and then tell you why. I'm asking you about this name. Spend your time this weekend when you're not watching baseball. If you're like me and aren't going to pay for the video streams, if you're just going to listen on the radio, well, drive around to your local Mississippi Ford dealer, test drive an F-150. It's best-selling truck in America. has been for almost five decades this weekend at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Do you guys remember the name Quentin Dormady? Does that name ring a bell? Quentin yeah, he played, uh, Dormady. He played Tennessee. Played quarterback at Tennessee. Limited starts. W- was not particularly good. He's a Butch Jones quarterback, I think. I think so. That's right. Like 15, 16, and 17, I believe, is when he was yeah, there. Like that. Quentin Dormady is now playing for the Orlando Guardians. 
And they cut him today. Not because of bad play, although that's probably what was going to happen eventually. He gave an opposing team plays out of his own playbook before the game. His team caught him doing it. Which, by the way, his team is coached by... um, Oh my gosh, help me out. His name's escaping me. Uh, um, He coached at both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Defensive backs. Oh, it's Terrell Buckley. Terrell Buckley's team. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, They found out about it, investigated it, discovered that that is exactly what happened, and they released him from the team, and his stats have been scrubbed from the XFL website like he never even existed. But he gave his opponents the plays. Did, Did he give an explanation? No explanation. He just he was just like, hey guys, I feel like losing today. Here. Here's the statement that the XFL released, by the way. The league is actively reviewing a personal or personnel issue regarding a player on the Orlando Guardians who was released from the team yesterday afternoon. Additional information on the situation was brought to the attention of the league overnight, and the league has re- reinstated the player while it conducts a formal investigation into the issue. He's not going to play, by the way. The situation is under review, and we will share more details regarding the findings as appropriate. So I guess legal told them, hold on, wait one second, keep him on the team, cross your T's and dot your I's, then you can release him. But don't do it just yet. But yeah, Quentin Dormady giving plays to his opponent. What a weird situation. I don't, I don't, I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm interested, somebody has got to get his reasoning for why he would think that, why would you do such a thing? Like Wakey Leaks. I mean, this is worse than Wakey Leaks almost. This is a player. Like an announcer who felt like he'd been snubbed. Okay, I get the motivation. But, like, this is a player. Like, why Why are you, Why would you do that? I just, I, I have to know. Especially when have to know. this is your final chance. I mean, he's played in Canada. Yeah. Like, did they pay you for it? Well, never mind that. Now, this is something that, you know, when you go to become an insurance salesman or whatever he is, he's going to do that. People are going to look at that and go, why did you do that? You know, what, can we trust you with our proprietary information here? I mean, every business has pri- proprietary information. Nobody wants you going and telling, you know, what's going on at your place of work to other people, especially your competitors. That's a huge black mark on your resume. I I, I, I have to understand yeah. what happened. I mean, you can't play or or coach in football ever again. Can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I get some high school somewhere. But didn't that guy from Last Chance U, the, the Kansas version, isn't he doing something now? People keep sharing his clips online, and it's... He does his, he has a podcast uh, or something. Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. What was the line he said in the hot tub talking about how he doesn't game plan because uh, he can watch the first few plays and then formulate a game plan from there? Yeah. Yeah. Can't believe coaching didn't work out for you. I know. I know. I didn't didn't watch much of that season. I watched the first couple episodes, and I I wasn't into it. Like Once they left the MCC, I was just like, I'm not interested. It wasn't as as interesting. It went from, like elite level team and a coach with a hot streak to mm-hmm. uh unstable moron and the team's not very good mm-hmm. it's like yeah what's interesting about this exactly 
but nothing was the answer to your question. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing at all. Jason says, if State makes the tournament, James absolutely ought to be a Coach of the Year candidate. If if, if State makes the tournament, I would feel far better about James getting it than Nate Oates, one hundred percent. Despite Oates' team being yeah. what they are and, and winning the SEC and all that, don't care. Right. I mean, to say I'd like to go back. I don't remember, but I'm sure they were preseason no better than eleventh or twelfth, and now they're going. to, I mean. From a numbers perspective, they're not going to finish much higher than that. They might finish eighth or ninth, but they're going to make the NCAA tournament when everybody was thinking they'd probably struggle to be 500. Yeah. Bases were loaded with one out in the seventh. Ole Miss got out of it. No damage. Three to one now in the top of the eighth. But next, we're going to talk about food because it's Friday, right? It's going to be 520 when we come back. Send us what you are cooking this weekend. On the grill, off the grill, on the stove, in the oven, whatever. If you're cooking it, tell us about it. Food Friday presented by Polks when we come back. And text us, 601-879-4395. What's on the menu this weekend? We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Into the food, Bruce wants to know. Hey, Dad, you got to help him out. How can you watch Mississippi State baseball this weekend? Uh, you go to d1baseball.com if you have a subscription already. No, no, no further charge. If you do not, there's a, uh, a I don't remember what the code is, but it's available on Twitter. Um, but you have to pay. It's a um, regular price is nine dollars a day or twenty four ninety nine for the weekend. But again, if you have a D1 scholarship, which you should have if you're a fan of college baseball, uh, you can just watch them for, the, for no extra cost. Let's get to the good stuff. It's Food Friday, just after 520 on Friday. Some of the most fun we have is talking about our obsession with great barbecue, cooking out, grilling mm-hmm. out, whatever you want to call it. Don't call it a barbecue if it's burgers and hot dogs, though. There's, there's a point of contention today. If you say, come over, I'm having a barbecue, it better not be burgers and hot dogs. Maybe we can talk about that later. I've got a friend that I'm upset with. Either way, every Friday at this time, we'll talk about just that. Food Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat each week. At this time, we talk about our favorite ways to grow their delicious Polk's Original, their Polk's Cajun, which I had, by the way, in a jambalaya earlier this week. It was excellent. Or their garlic and green onion sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. No bets about it. Folks, picky people pick Polk's. Brian, hey, Dad, what are you cooking this weekend? I got a turkey breast. I got a. I got a. I'm doing turkey breast this weekend. I got a. How you doing it? Bone in turkey breast. I'll I'll debone it and uh, smoke those, and then you know 
finish them up with, wrapped in a with a stick of butter. And uh, there you go. Doing that, make some rice and gravy. I'm going to take the uh, the butter that I'm letting the turkey soak in for the last you know 30 minutes of cooking or whatever, uh, and I will use that to make the roux. So that'll have a smoky turkey thing going there in the gravy. I'll do some corn on the cob, and I got some uh, some some French rolls that I'm gonna bake, just pre frozen, but yeah. just some bread. Wanted to have a little bread, so that's what we're doing. I almost bought an entire loaf of French bread at the store to eat for for lunch earlier. Almost almost did it. Thought about it. Had it. You can eat a loaf of bread. Yeah, it looked so good. Uh, why, just, why not? We were going to buy some lunch meat and cheese no, and some condiments. Just, just You're just going to eat the bread. I, I thought about it. it was, I didn't it realize was, Borky was a French name. It okay. was a dollar ninety nine. It was like just this perfect size too. I thought about it. I almost did. I really almost. Qu'est-ce que c'est le baguette? Yeah, Michael exactly. Borky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been considering trying something that I saw on YouTube, and I can't mm-hmm. pull the trigger on it, but I might. This guy poached okay. steaks basically. He reversed thing in re- butter. Reverse seared steaks while cooking them initially in butter, not like, yeah, like with six butter. Yeah, six sticks of butter. Yes, like yeah. melted a bunch of butter and cooked the steaks into one fifteen in the yeah. butter and then seared them off. I, I can't decide if I want to try that. Sticks or not. of butter is not the right. Is not the right. Just pounds of butter. Pounds of butter. It's a pound. He used like six pounds of butter. I can't decide sure. if I want to try that or not. It's not going to be bad. I might do it. Or the same guy did uh, salmon-wrapped shrimp, where he he very okay. thinly sliced salmon and wrapped uh-huh. shrimp in it and smoked it. And it looked really good. Like, really good. And I might try that. These YouTube people are inspiring me to be... Um, Experimental, like that. YouTube and TikTok, man. I mean, I know they get a lot of hate, but so great places to find recipes. I'm gonna go to the store in the morning and just kind of decide, you know, do I really want to get this much butter in poached steaks because I saw a guy on YouTube do it, or do I really want to take this salmon and slice it thin and wrap it around shrimp because I saw this guy on YouTube? Well, thing do with it. the butter is, once it's left from the steak, you can still, re- you know, you can yeah. put it in the fridge and it, reuse it and. I mean, you, you cook that with vegetables or cook that with, with – put it on your toast. It's going to be delicious. So, yeah. I would – I mean, it, it's an investment. What's the weirdest thing you've ever cooked before? Oh, like gosh. the weirdest um, creation or food itself? As far as – you know, there's a difference between ate and cooked. Uh, I've eaten some weird things, but I, as yeah, far what, as, like, cooking them – cooked? I don't know that there's anything that like just would stand out as like he did what I don't I don't I don't know that's a good question I, not, nothing is just popping into my head of, of going like that was weird you know because where do you get that stuff you shoot it yeah I don't I, mean, I don't hunt so yeah you shoot it yeah. raccoon goose yeah. squirrel I've had squirrel yeah. squirrels okay had goose had squirrel raccoon I haven't had I don't think I'll be trying what about you know, nutria that. No, God, no. Nutria is a rat. I'm not eating that. Squirrel's kind of a rat, but at least it's got personality. Yeah, it's a little fluffy tail. The bushy tail gives it a little personality. Squirrel and dumplings, it's not bad. Squirrels troll my dog so bad. Have I told you the story where I've got big yes. pines in the back, and they will get just high enough to where Maverick can't jump and get them, and they will just turn around and look at him and just 
fluff their little fuzzy tail at him while he's barking and losing his mind at him. Yeah, they're trolls. But let's get to the text line. What are you guys cooking this weekend? Ed New Hope says, pork loins on my Blackstone. Y'all come. Wish I could. I've wanted to cook on on a Blackstone, and I've wanted to go to the store and just go buy one. I just want to buy one, but I can't justify the cost right now. But I'm going to buy one because it looks so convenient. People told me yesterday I used the wrong word to describe it. You're frugal is the yeah. word they want me to describe you as. You're frugal. I don't like spending money. I don't like acquiring debt. That that's the that's really the key is I don't like it's acquiring, not acquiring debt. Acquiring debt. You have the money. You just go you pay for it and then you're it's over. John, you're not gonna finance a blackstone. Well, I'm talking about like just put it on my credit card and I'll make sure I, I, I yeah. make a payment right after. Oh, like, I see. Uh, yeah. I see, I see. John's doing smoked cabbage. You got T-bones, shrimp, twice-baked potatoes, and garlic bread. Just got the grill going for the steak game. Awesome. Sounds good. Awesome. Wow. Look at this lineup. Big weekend in Bahalia. Annual Mississippi Walking Horse Association Field Day. You're cooking 60 pounds of crawfish, 15 pounds of jumbo reds, Brussels sprouts, corn, potatoes, onions, little a little bit of pineapple. I don't like pineapple in my... Uh, crawfish boils, but I've heard it's good. Like I don't like pineapple. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't like pineapple at all. So yeah, I've heard it's good though. So I'll take your word for it. And yeah. he says pork sausage, lots of it, and brisket, and baked beans, and potato salad, all by yourself, and some lemon icebox pies. It's a lot of work. Yeah, David sends us a picture of a pair of ribeyes sure with some help. A Malcolm Reed, the steak rub with it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Malcolm. Hope he's doing well. I, I always see yeah. his videos, so he's still churning those out. Yeah. Zachary's got a pork, uh, sends us a picture of it. Got a pork shoulder going on in about five minutes. Or, or excuse me, in the morning to go all yeah, day. At five in the morning. At five in the morning. There you go. That a boy. David says, only time I say barbecue is in reference to the sauce. I'm either smoking or grilling. That's probably the right way to do it. Yeah. You don't go to barbecues. You go to cookouts. Yes. Jason, you child. (laughs) Somebody says, what kind of savage am I? Look, man, these guys make all the food they, they cook on the Internet look really, really good. And it's interesting. Like, don't you want yeah. butter flavor in your steak, right? And so if you cook it up to 115 I mean, should, in butter... If you then, cook a steak in a pan, you've got to put butter in there anyway. you got to butter-baste it and cook it that way. No, that's the way I do it. Dwayne, that picture looks outstanding, my friend. Hope you uh, enjoyed your meal there. Although you're a crazy person for not putting anything on a baked potato, though. Got to do a little something. Oh, yeah, what's going on there? A little butter, a little, little sour cream, something there. That's a very old school Mississippi steakhouse there, though. Yeah, it is. I mean that—that's what it should look like, man. Somebody says stuff the crust of an old Venice pizza with the old Venice crawfish rolls once. It was pretty weird, honestly. I believe that that was weird. I believe that. What do they call them? Franken foods? Isn't that isn't that what people call those? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to go back to making some. I did some in college, like just for like two weekends until I got bored. Just stuffing. God knows what into God knows who. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Boiling Polk's sausage and shrimp and veggies tomorrow. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. 
Appreciate you guys listening and hanging out. By the way, top of the ninth in Minneapolis, Ole Miss hanging on to that 3-1 to lead there at bat with a runner on second and nobody out thanks to a T.J. McCants double. Somebody gave us a, a link here for a griddle you can put on your grill. It's only 90 bucks. Come on, pull the trigger on that. Is it big, though? Like big enough? See, I don't think it's, yeah, it's not big enough. I want to go you, full you're, hibachi you're style. I want to get those two. Your family is you, your small wife, and your small child. Yeah. How much food do you really got? This is what's wrong with America. This is wrong with, what's wrong with me. How much food do you need? We live in excess. That's why we're the best country in the world. I'm just saying. I think that if you want to balloon up to 600 pounds and die of a heart attack, you can. That's what makes this country great. More of your sex when we come back. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Uh, by the way, remember those rule changes that we talked about in college football where they're trying to reduce the length of games and they're not addressing you know things like review time or when they fire off commercials or halftime length or anything like that? Right. Well, those are going to go through. Uh, the NCAA Football Rules Committee proposed to start this season that game clock won't be stopped after a first down except for the final two minutes of each half, which, okay. Teams also won't be able to call consecutive timeouts, which will shave basically no time off games because that almost never happens. Right. It's an icing the kicker thing is all it ever is. Yep. And the playing rules oversight panel will vote April 20th to make those Official, So the clock will not stop after a first down except for inside of two minutes. They're going to just change the clock rules on us starting this year. The, you know, I, I've, I've, Richard doesn't like him. And I, don't, I don't know that you – I think you don't like him. I have never – I've been kind of neutral on Stuart Mandel. Oh, I don't, I don't the most dis- or like or dislike him. Now, But now he is just the most unlikable college football guy that, because – He's just like pontificating about how like these the fans are saying that these new rules no fan is saying these rules need to happen. And then when people are like, No, we're saying the ads are too long, that's what's made Oh well you can't have football without ads. Like can't you just say, Hey, you're right. It's it ads are the reason this is happening. Unfortunately they're never gonna cut back on the ads, so they're trying to do this. Yeah. Like he 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 was just like taking up for the the, the, the ads and saying, uh, you know, this is what fans want. They want, you know, they want less football. He's just, he's just unlikable. It's that Bay Area arrogance that's getting to him. But uh, I hope he's not a Giants fan. I hope he's an A's fan. Yeah, there are ways to do this without cutting down ads because college football games and NFL games generally have the same amount of thirty-second commercials that air. It's the NFL's mm-hmm. more efficient with them. That's the difference. They they mm-hmm. time them up better 
halftime is shorter. That's why their games are. It, it's not the clock rules. But even then, it's just nobody cares when right. you're when you're at the game or you're watching the game. Nobody is saying, "Man, I got to get out of here." I wish this game went in. I got somewhere to be. They they Nobody's can't drag on though. Like the Ole Miss Auburn game last they year can, was absurd. But, but everything life drags on, man. Does just it just I just I've just never. Yeah, I've just never been in a spot in my life where I'm watching a football game going. I wish this was over. Yeah, you know if your if your issue is well that you know we have games scheduled for these windows. You you need to change the windows. Instead of three hours, make it three and a half. And, if, and look, if, if the game ends early, well, then you've got studio shows for that very reason. Yeah. Put them on. Put your product on. You can run ads during that. And and it doesn't make a difference, you know? But am I really going to get mad that, you know, the game that's scheduled to start at 5, instead now it's going to be at 5.30? Everybody will, hey, it's an extra 30 minutes of tailgating for the, for the average fan. Extra yeah. 30 minutes to make sure they got time to do whatever they need to do. It's just silliness. My, my biggest gripe nobody, is with... Nobody is saying, cut the actual football. Yes. My biggest gripe is halftime and how they, they do yeah. reviews and penalties also. But, uh, look, there, there was that band mom that, that got upset with us last time we talked about this. Well, and I And I love... I love the well, band. Like, no, no, she, she got upset because we said somebody should perform at the oh, egg. Right, game. which I stand by so, that. If you could get that, that would be more. The fun. thing but, is, though, the bands get out there. It's the bands don't take all of halftime. No, you could you could still have the full band performance and shave five minutes off a of halftime. At no least, no questions asked. Yeah, it, it, the, the fact that it's twenty minutes that doesn't start until the teams get off the field is ridiculous. When the NFL's is twelve and it starts right away. I mean, Peyton right. Manning on Manningcast talked about. It. He's like, we have no time to sit down and like scheme adjustments. You get in, you go to the bathroom, you hydrate, whatever. You have a quick powwow with your coach, and you're back on the field. Yeah, that that's the yeah. the biggest it, it, difference between an NFL and a college game is the efficiency of like penalties getting called and stuff. The NFL it happens faster in halftime. Halftime of the Saints and, game, and nobody does the nobody does the, the very few games a year, maybe one. Do you have the other team bring the full band so you have to have both bands perform? Yes. Very rarely does that happen. It used to happen a lot, especially when you had neutral site games. Like when State played in Jackson, the other team would always bring their band and you'd have both bands. And that's fine, but nowadays it's just one band. I mean, they, you can give them ten minutes, then you have five minutes for kickers and everybody to come out and warm up, and then you and you, you move on. You move on to the, to the game. And you so shave I've just shaved eight, five minutes. minutes. Because they, yeah. in college they wait. Like when I went to the Saints game... Halftime hit, I went to the bathroom, and there was no line. Went straight to the bathroom, grabbed a beer. Again, no line for either one. So I went to the bathroom, grabbed a beer, sat down. Game was starting. Like, that's how fast it was. In college, It doesn't like it's not like that. So you can keep the inventory, and instead, we're getting less football, and everything else is going to be the same. It's so... Exactly. It's short-sighted, but that is, uh, that is here. Real... Real quick update from uh, from Frisco. Final score: Oklahoma wins Game One of the Frisco Classic, nine to five. And uh, as a result, that game just ending. Mississippi State first pitch six thirty five Central. Wow. So a bit of a later night, but not too bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not gonna be any different when you get into conference play. You got six thirty first pitch all the time. All the time. Yeah. Um. 
Ole Miss took a 5-1 to one lead, had a two-out single that scored two runs in the top of the ninth, so it's the bottom of the ninth now. Maryland having to score four runs to keep this game going. Maryland's really not going to like Ole Miss if this result holds. With, with the, I bet Louisiana Tech's likes them less. <laughs> probably so. One right now, the now Ole Miss hate rankings are, one, Mississippi State, two, Louisiana Tech, three, LSU, for Maryland. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. That uh, that adds up. 6 year one Do you see Daniel Jones is asking for $45 million a year in his new contract that he's not going to get? 6.25 p.m. I'm sorry on the Mississippi State game. Okay. Uh, that is a ridiculous number. 40 Daniel Jones is not... Worthy of that number. Million dollars. That'd be like me going to corner office and saying, hey, bosses, mm-hmm. half a mil. Or else well, I'm if he gets it, if he gets it, you need to try. Yes, he's not going to get it. But if he did, yeah. No. Th- I mean, that's I mean. He, he is saying that he is as valuable as Patrick Mahomes. That's what he's saying in that contract. And, I, you know, you got to shoot for the stars, right? The worst thing they can do is say no, but... That's Patrick Mahomes. It's not the worst thing they could do. The worst thing they do is like you're you're obviously not mentally capable of being a quarterback in this league. You've been concussed at some point. We're going to cut you. Yeah, we worry about you, like as a person. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you feeling all right? I wonder. Shot to the head in that Philadelphia game. I wonder if they laughed at the agent, like on the phone, or waited until he hung up the phone to laugh. Because they definitely laughed. There's no way they didn't laugh. Yeah, exactly. At some point, they laughed. You're correct. So what? Is, what's Dak Prescott making? What's his annual salary? It's forty, right? It's right at forty, isn't it? I think so. So he's asking. He for signed a four-year, hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah, average annual salary of forty. But this pat this upcoming season, his base salary is thirty-one million. So he is asking for a contract worth $20 million more than the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. what he's asking for. Yeah. When he has played in one playoff game and he stunk. Uh, two. Two. He stunk in the second one. He was okay in the first one. They won, they won the first one. Won the first one. 45 yeah, The minutes. Giants are an interesting case study of what football is now because they have the quarterback and the running back both needing new contracts. And it's like, what are you going to do? You know, running backs traditionally, you know, the tread runs off the tire pretty quickly. You don't want to assign them to a huge deal, but at the same time, you know, it's quarterbacks who did. But at the same time, Daniel Jones has not been good enough to deserve a massive upgraded contract. So I don't know. Game is now gone final, and Ole Miss wins five to one. You got a little brouhaha happening in Gainesville, Miami playing Florida this weekend. That's a fun series. Miami hits a home run. Guy um, really, really watched it. Like, really watched it. And some words are being exchanged. Dugouts yelling at each other. Catcher, let him have it. I like, I like a, it. I like a little spice. Is sitting right here? This must be it. Yeah. Look at him watch that thing. Oh, he 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 does take his time at the plate there. There's no question about that. That's also a long shot, too. Yeah, he smoked that. Whew. At uh, Duty Noble Jr. there in, uh, in yes. Gainesville. 
One more yes. time with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you one more time on this Friday. Appreciate you letting that run. Yeah, had to. So Mississippi State Vanderbilt tomorrow, basketball, big game, win, and you feel really good. Basically, you're in. Any final thoughts before we part for the final time before tip-off? They have to win. I feel. I really do feel like they have to win. If, if they don't win, they can go to Nashville next week and, and win a couple of games and probably be okay. But a win, and I, I, I just can't help but think they've done enough. I just, I just can't help. I mean, unless there's just an, an, an inordinate amount of bid, bid stealers in the conference conference tournaments. Yeah. Twenty-one and ten, nine and nine RPI, high thirties, should be enough. Should be enough. We will see. Ole Miss's season will mercifully not come to an end tomorrow, but the regular season will, and then they'll play in Nashville and at some point get eliminated, and then all eyes already are, but will be on Keith Carter as he searches for the next head coach. Will it be Chris Beard? They're looking into it. Doesn't mean that they will find what they are looking for. I I do, I, I think that, there, there are people that called for the vetting of Chris Beard. And what they really mm-hmm. meant was hire him. Because the, yeah. there, there's this idea that, one, Ole Miss has, and, and I believe are still continuing to vet, if that's the word you want to use. Talk to people, get, gather information, whatever the case may be. I believe it's still going on. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't end with his hiring, people are going to be mad. But if it doesn't end with his hiring... It means that somewhere along the way, they've decided that they weren't comfortable with it. So, I don't I, I, I've I've gotten the feeling that people really just wanted them to not I mean, look into him, just vet him, just be and then hire him, and just hope it doesn't happen again, as opposed to actually looking into him and possibly yeah. finding you don't like, and then going in a different direction. The, the, the fact that Texas vetted him after everything happened and came to the decision they needed to fire him really feels like that's a red huge red flag that 
you, you can't hire that guy. So we'll see. We will see. It's um, it's coaching search, and, and we might be you know a couple weeks away from a resolution. But we'll. I would say that if like if if you don't if it's if it's Beard, you could hire him next week, right? And just get it over with, get him recruiting, and go. If it's if they don't have a hire by the end of the week next week, that makes you think it's somebody who's still coaching and somebody who's still going to have to wait until their tournament run is over. Yeah. Sounds like it. Southern Miss has a very important series this weekend against Dallas Baptist. At home should be good environments. Weather should be really good. We got that storm front that came through, brought a little bit of cold weather, but not, okay, not cold weather. It brought a cool down. So we're talking like yeah. 70s all weekend long. Should be great weather in Hattiesburg for a very important series. And then anything else that happens this weekend, you've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which excites only Richard, and XFL, and some NBA. I'll be up late watching an NBA game tonight. Busy time of year. It's that time, yeah. I love it. I do... Love it. We appreciate you guys being a part of the show always. Don't forget that you can get this show commercial free. Wherever you get your podcast, just search Sports Talk Mississippi on your favorite podcast app. If you have a C Spire phone, you have one. Just search Sports Talk Mississippi or Super Talk, and it'll come up as well. And subscribe to our podcast. If you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. Also, Thunder and Lightning, Rebel Report, Eagle Hour. Search all of them. You can probably put together what they're about. Um, State fan, Thunder and Lightning, Ole Miss fan, Rebel Report, Southern Miss fan, Eagle Hour. Just search them in your podcast app, subscribe, and you can get all Ole Miss, all Mississippi State, all Southern Miss all the time there as well. You can also find us on YouTube at Super Talk. Clips from the show get posted there by me every day. Interviews and other interesting stuff we say. Fun week, busy week, and we appreciate you guys being with us. For Richard, who is off today, and Brian Haydad, I'm Michael Borky. Enjoy your baseball and your basketball this weekend. And we'll see you guys again on Monday at 3, right here, Monday at 3. Y'all have a good weekend. business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.